Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. This is our podcast that is all about Alex and I doing whatever we can do to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. Alex, my friend, the time yes. is upon us. It is candle nights. It is Well, it's technically candle morning, but... I, I'm not even going to not gonna, like dignify no. that with a response. You're not going to dignify that? Uh, it, is, it is candle nights. It is here. It is here. It is everywhere. It is everywhere. It is all around us. Feel that warm candle nights fire. Can you um, feel it all over? Oh, God. The fire <laughs> is all over. Please tell me you can feel it. You need to stop, drop, and roll. Alex... Tell yes. me, um, instead of our normal, like, you know, how are you, uh, I would just like you to tell me, what is your favorite thing about the Candle Nights season? Um, for Candle Nights, I've been taking kind of a respite. So, you know, I tend to work, I think I've mentioned this before, I tend to work in cycles, and this past few weeks have been more of a trying to... um, just restructure myself. So, like... The biggest thing I've been working on is reorganizing my space. So it's, I've had, I've, Alex, part of my, yes. I'm not sure you heard my question. <laughs> because how I said, we, instead of, ask that again. I said, instead of asking you how you're doing, I said, my question for you this week is, what is your favorite part of the candle night season? Okay. Can you start over? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, this no? is rolling. We're keeping this. Yeah. We're keeping this. We're, in. We're, we're doing it live. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. So my what is your favorite part of the Candle Nights season? And then we can get to your organizational skills. Uh, my favorite part of Candle Nights is that it can start whenever you want and end whenever you want. So you can avoid the whole holiday jumping from Halloween right into Christmas because yeah. it's every holiday. So exactly. That's, yes. How about you, totally Mr. Parker? You. What's your favorite part of Candle Nights? So this week I decided that I was going to, no, I'm kidding. Um, so, uh, my favorite part of Candle Nights, uh, is actually kind of the same thing. Um, I also appreciate the fact that because it kind of encompasses many holidays into one, um, I feel like it is definitely one of the most inclusive things that you because can it is come everything. across. Uh, yeah, basically. Um, I know that friends of ours, such as Graham Thompson, um, are a little bit of, um, Candle Nights Bah Humbugs. But, uh, you know, like, I, I feel as if, like, once Pumpkin Days is over on, the, you know, like, at 11.59.59 of, uh, you October know, 31st. October 31st, that is, that is when, you know, you hit Candle Nights, and I just really appreciate that time, because to me, I do think that Thanksgiving is kind of like the prequel to Christmas time, you know? Well, it's kind of like the... The, the swan song of candle nights and nando kites if you will nope nope and it, <laughs> nope nope it's kind of like a last hurrah of the autumnal season going into the cold cold winter nights of candle nights when we need to bring out our candles to keep our souls warm but then why not just use a dumpster fire but that's just me um i mean the col- the, the like the the holiday color of Canonites is just fire. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now that we've gotten through that bit, th- let's get back to your organizational stuff. Yes. Um, Terrible. So what, what have you been doing about organizing? Oh, nope. Orga- organizing. organizing. I've been learning how to speak good. <laughs> <laughs> I do words good. 
Um, it's been mostly just trying to restructure my space, especially because I just upgraded some equipment and it's been a lot of like weight work. And I put this big mixer that conveniently lets me sound like I'm in a well. Um, also, I've also as I've been going through cycles, I've noticed that I've had a lot of things to catch up on. So I've been working through a backlog of material. Um, mm-hmm. I've been planning another interview for Culture Shock. I actually just finished editing an interview with the Ultimate Showdown guys. If you haven't checked them out, they are a great podcast. Um, it's kind of like a who would win in a fight, but then they actually argue it and they have wonderful slew of hosts. Um, okay. I've also been working on a music, potential music show along the lines of like early Pomplamoo stuff with a as well as like the synth demos of like red means recording and our Benny, that kind of stuff. So yeah, but keep them busy. How about you? What, what do you think of when you hear candle nights? Uh, okay. So this week, uh, what I've been doing, uh, God, this last week in general, uh, yeah. has just been extremely freaking busy. So, you know, for the audience sake of knowledge here, you know, when we record, um, we're always one episode ahead. Um, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that, you know, since I'm in college, Things can potentially pop up and we may need a backup episode. Um, so we're kind of always working one episode ahead of schedule. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is, um, this is the time of year for me, like at the time of recording where, uh, all the film students are now suddenly starting to do all of their projects. Um, you know, because we kind of wait almost last minute, but also sometimes like you can't really get people until certain times. And, yeah. you know, I totally get that. So this totally. last week, um, I spent four different days working on di- uh, two different sets. Um, and, uh, I was audio guy for one, uh, for one movie and I was the cameraman for, uh, another movie. Um, and then this coming weekend, I'm going to be filming my, uh, student film project. Um, and mine's, mine's more of a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it follows up with a movie that I made last year. Um, but it's a little bit more goofy and silly. Um, yeah. just because it's very montage based and I don't think montages really work in a serious manner, in my opinion. I mean, like they can, but like I just feel like it, it, it loses something. Um, so yeah, no, I've just, I've just been doing nothing but film stuff like nonstop. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to be working on mine nice. coming up here. Uh, and like, it's just like, this is a very busy time of the year for me. Um, but like, it's still kind of exciting. Like I kind of like going around doing all this stuff. And so, you know, also in a similar regard, I've had to be very organized with my time. Yeah. Cause I have a lot of, big projects that are coming up um not just for my film class um so you know i've got a presentation actually about our network so uh coming up pretty soon so like i've got to finish all my slides for that and making a slide deck um you know got to be talking about uh, a lot, whole lot of things, which we'll probably put up in our journey under 30 extras which you can find on our website that we've just made yes which is also the scavengers network yeah, it was ahead. mostly uh, Mr. Parker made this website, but we, I'm going to say we, because I guess I'm a part of this group and I did something too. We have a website. We do. It is the scavengers network.wordpress.com. When I'm out of college and can maybe afford to um, use the custom URL that I've already purchased, um, we will, uh, you know, be just moving over to the scavengersnetwork.com. But for right now, it's the scavengersnetwork.wordpress.com. Um, yes. and there you can find links to our shows, how to contact us, um, you know, the podcasts that we're having. Um, we are actually in the middle 
of launching a podcast network. Yes. Uh, that's coming up very soon from the time that, um, this is recorded, really. So, mm-hmm. you know, be on the lookout, uh, for all of those cool things. Like we'll have more information on that later. Definitely. Um, but we you- wanted to kind of fill you guys in. This is pretty exciting. Like I'm very excited to have, uh, to, to make these announcements. Me too. Well, and it'll be nice to get some different voices in with this as well, because it's mostly, I mean, right now our podcast network is just you and I, but it'll be nice to get, exactly. you know, different perspectives, more inclusiveness, and also just, you know, not just two white dudes talking about yeah, two what white cis dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, Let's get into our uh, presentation. Um, yeah, so I think I started so, last time. So why don't you go first? Why don't we do rock, paper, scissors? Okay. So rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors, paper, shoot. Oh, oh, I um, rock. okay. Well, all right. Well, why don't you just go first? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fine. 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 I'll go first. Um, okay. So, uh, oh, actually, no, wait, before we do that, Alex, we almost forgot. We have to do our, we have to do our elevator pitches. Oh, that's right. So, um, why don't you start? Okay, so as we stand right now, right, the social layer of our kind of society mm-hmm. has actually been set. Um, and that kind of lays a foundation on upon which we can build something grander. Um, and that means this can work for, you know, larger companies, but more specifically, and I think more importantly, kind of smaller local businesses. Uh, the best way to look at life is almost as if it's a game. So you build a game layer on top of the world and you can actually shape the way that people react to things, the way that people go about their day to day business. And I know that that may seem, um, almost like kind of giving up your free will, but it is something that we actually kind of already do. Um, just not in this context of a game layer. But the game layer is the best way to do something for good to kind of change our world and shape it and kind of maybe start to move our uh, our country and really our world back into a better place. And it can all be done with mechanics that you would find in like video games and just applying them to real life. Um, okay. I actually, when I first thought of this elevator pitch, I actually had a really solid ending line and I have forgotten it. So I will give, uh, give you your time for your 30 second pitch. Okay. So my, so as I don't have, well, so I'm kind of regretting going second because I don't have as much experience with the elevator pitches, but I'm going to go for it anyway. I mean, I've only done one more than you have, so you're good. (laughs) Well, I mean, yours was like. A tying in observations about the world to the importance of your person. Mine is just like, hey, here's a person. They do things. So I just, you know, it's you you learn as you go. So, yeah, my subject has a has had a major role on the rise of a social media platform. Facebook later joining Phillips Exeter Academy alum Mark Zuckerberg as CTO at Facebook went on to create Quora, a massive question and answer knowledge base that has acted as a platform for the likes of Barack Obama, Stephen Fry, Hillary Clinton, and many others. Uh, this platform has brought an average of 80 million readers monthly and has quickly become a central source for well thought out arguments from many of today's important voices. And that was more of like a 15 second pitch and more of that's like fine. a topic sentence, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So, you know, I think that, I mean, I hope that both of these kind of have drawn people in. Um, I'm still also trying to master the elevator pitch. So, you know, maybe, maybe that'll be like a, one of our, um, episodes where we kind of just break down different 
things like different like skills or different, do do different things like how do you do an, an elevator pitch, pitch. um that was so nice. maybe we we'll, at the same we'll time. Do that. that was that was pretty yeah just make sure you note it over in, in the editing to make it yes so it sounds like absolutely is there, any, is there anything else we can say at the same time so one two three watermelon buds Okay. Nope. That didn't work. All right. Here we go. So, um, so my person this week is Seth Prebatch. I believe is how you say his last name. I'm Seth going to Pre-Batch? spell it. Sorry. I'm going to spell it for you. It is uh, P-R-I-E-B-A-T-S-C-H. So I'm assuming that's Prebatch. Batch. Um, so this guy is actually really interesting and we'll get to why like I kind of narrowed him out in a second but seth prebetch has always had his hands like in his like entrepreneurial projects mm-hmm. um you know at the age of 12 he actually created his first startup company wow uh now while i looked through multiple articles online that have like discussed that he did that i never actually found a name for it oh. um so for right now um i literally have in my notes make up a name for it uh so i'm gonna call it Santa baby. Um, so and according with to this business, uh, it brought. Do you have a business for this, sir? What they did? Because you made Yeah, basically, um, Santa baby. Santa baby. Um, uh, he comes down the chimney for you, uh, and brings you things like a ring or. You know, uh, a nice sh- uh, Cadillac or, you know, whatever else is in the song. Um, or, so for or for sugar. Uh, fuck. What? I, I, I was going to do like a sugar X pilgrim reference, but then it. I have. Yeah. OK, I that's that's Easter, my dude. Yeah. That is not Christmas. <laughs> OK, uh, so according to Crunchbase, uh, Santa Baby failed pretty spectacularly <laughs> oh you're breaking and entering I, I can't imagine why um but you know there was a pretty buck wild thing about this though was that before it ended up failing it did end up reaching profits much higher than twitter makes wow yeah and like you know that's something that i don't know when it failed so that's another thing probably when people um, realized it that, that it was it just did. breaking and entering possibly now at age 18 he started a company called postcard tech um, which was like a company that made these, uh, like, um, interactive tours for marketing purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came on CD-ROMs. So this is in the year 2006. And like, you know, so CD-ROMs were still actually a pretty huge thing even back then. Uh, CD-ROMs kind of started to drop off in like the tens, yeah. um, pretty quickly. Um, but like that kind of shows like how, you know, he was using the technology of the time, even at eight, age 18 to create something that like, all, companies of all sorts could use. Yeah. Now, the thing that got him noticed by Forbes, however, was a project that was known as. Are you ready for the name? Scavenger. What? That's right. That's right. Scavenger. Scavenger. Yeah, it seems a little bit like someone's chomping on our flavor. Seems a little scavengers on the nose, network. sir. Yeah, th- though he also created it before us, but hey, whatever. Um, but actually, it's uh, spelled S C V N G R, so it's like scavenger. Um, but like clearly, I think you can see. All right, Chewie, calm down. Clearly, you can see why scavenger like had to be okay. Um, Alex, rain it in, rain it in, boy. Uh, clearly, I started. Clearly, I can't stop. Clearly, you can see why, you know, I was like, oh, scavenger has to be what I talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, uh, his life actually is pretty interesting. So, like, he dropped out of Princeton after his freshman year. Wow. Uh, and that's when he started Scavenger, which yeah. was a um, – it's described as a massive experiment in building a mobile game together. Uh, now, this project is actually backed by Google Ventures, which is a pretty huge thing, um, and it actually also kind of ties in to the book Sprint that we've talked about before, yeah. um, because that is written by people who work for Google Ventures. Um, so this uh, program is kind of like half game, half game platform, all fun. Um, I added that all fun bit for you. Um, the way it works is, you know, basically players go to real places and then they do like some sort of challenge. Yeah. Um, and so organizations use scavenger to build challenges to places that they care about. Um, which is kind of like a really cool thing for us to maybe actually go out and try. Like we can maybe set something up using that like yeah. platform. Um, but that is like, I mean, that really could be, sorry. Quick side note. I mean, I think that, I think that could be an interesting video series is also like, cause it would tie into our name. Um, but I think that this is sort of like a predecessor to Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Um, though this seems to be more successful and, uh, a little bit more scavenger hunt styled rather than like a walk and catch, but that's why it's called scavenger. It's like scavenger hunt. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so after a few years, Scavenger ended up um, becoming one of uh, just like basically one singular program, mm-hmm. um, and the company changed uh, into Level Up, and Level Up is currently focusing a little bit more on like restaurants and food creators, though like they have um, still multiple games or apps and programs like what have you that are you know location based, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's kind of still relevant. Uh, to us, just because they started with one single thing and like idea name, then expanded on it. Um, we'll probably come back to that later. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that like they still make all these tools for developers, um, to create these things, and you know, like so some some apps for places um have been used using I mean, so, uh, for like some kind of bigger places, you know, like um like Steak and Shake. I don't mm-hmm. know why that was the first one that popped in my head, but you know, they used their tools to make their app. Oh, okay, um, so. Cool. The thing that I wanted to to bring to you, though, that he did, um, one second, okay, um, is uh, he he gave a TED talk in 2010 um, when they were still just Scavenger. That's um, a lot of that had A lot of really, what? That's a lot of teas. A TED talk in 2010. Yes. Sorry. Uh, alliteration. <laughs> um, it had a lot. No, you're fine, man. Uh, I had a really nope. It had a lot. There we go. Of really good like talking points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to try and get to them like super, super quickly. Cause yeah, I mean, it was only like a 10 minute conversation, but, um, so kind of like I said in like my 30 second pitch, right? In the last decade, our, our society has become like a very, uh, connection based society. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook is basically the, 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 not just the example, but Facebook is basically like how this became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it's not someone that you talk to all the time by, you know, like friending people and networking, you're basically constantly connected to your personal world. And that's that social layer that we all exist upon. And the construction for that has like already been done, um, which is like a program actually that Facebook has created called Open Graph API. Hmm. Um, I don't really understand the programming stuff of this, but like that is basically – uh, a lot, basically any kind of other social media stuff that even comes after this is all using like that open graph API. Oh, cool. Um, so, you know, we may still be building inside of this, like kind of almost like renovating, but like the framework is done and like set in stone essentially. Nice. Um, 
So the next layer that we're building, like right now, as like a top layer, is the game layer that Seth kind of talks about. Yeah. So this layer is basically about how you influence behavior, right? There's no set foundations for this, um, you know, because we've only be- just begun this. But like this layer is sort, uh, it's kind of like sort of like a help guide, you know, to like where you go, uh, what you do there, and, and many any other kind of behaviors involved in these spaces. Mm-hmm. Um. Like a, a good example about this, honestly, is like a lot of like rewards programs for yeah. like things like restaurants, like Starbucks, mm-hmm. even though they really fucking suck, but like they, they still are like trying to create something. So, something, um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he says that there's seven dynamics out there for this, but he only gives us four. Um, his joke was that like, you know, I still need to have a competitive edge after I finish, but I'm like, Hey, you know, I also need a competitive edge. Yeah, so fuck like, you, you, know, dude. you need to kind of you like help me, Seth. Help me Seth, help you. Help me help you help me. Okay. Um, so here's the four dynamics though that he does talk about in the TED talk. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, he gives an example of how it's already happening, how it can be seen in like a conventional game, and then how this can be used for good. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is appointment dynamic. This is where like in order to achieve something, you have to come back at a predetermined time and do a predetermined action. Now, the most common version of this already happening is happy hour. And, you know, like, who doesn't like Bev's, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd certainly love Bev's with the boys. Yeah, um, so nice. in, in order to win, all you got to do is show up at the right time and place and get your drinks half off or get some special appetizers discounted or something. Um, this particular example hasn't just affected our behavior, though. It has affected our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I would like to point out that happy hour is almost like the precursor to one James Buffett. So I do think that this dynamic, true. I do think that this dynamic is very important because without it, we wouldn't have Margaritaville. We also wouldn't um, have Jimmy, Jimmy James jamming buffet Buffett place. You know what? That sounded better man, as in most things in my Alex, life. It sounds better in my head. You know, man, you've got to get your car checked out. I um, really do. <laughs> it's like it's rattling, it's shaking, every single light is on. Um, We're going to get so now, many animations mo- from this. Yeah. <laughs> now, as much as we hate this, like, next example, like, uh, games with this dynamic include things like Farmville. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Farmville, like, you plant your shit on your dumbass farm, and then you send out, like, <laughs> annoying notifications to everyone in the world who doesn't care about your farm. You know, yeah. uh, and it's like, Do you okay, want to join thanks, my Susan, farm? I don't care. And yeah, exactly. And then you come back in like, okay, I didn't actually do the research on this thing. So I Good. literally have a note that says insert time for corn or whatever. And you harvest it. Um, so like the good thing about this dynamic though, like, or like the way that it can be used for good, right. For like changing behavior and like moving the world in a better place. Um, is there's a company called Vitality. That makes a device that helps people take their medicine on time. Mm. So like it like lights up. It actually sends you email notifications at like the right time and everything. So like, you know, maybe if, for instance, if you are ADHD and you need to take your medicine very frequently, people have struggled with remembering if they did it or not. Mm. Um, so, you know, this is just a form of an appointment. Yeah. Right. Cause you're predetermining that you get to come back at a predetermined time. And the predetermined action is taking the medicine. So yeah. it's a very important one. So I think that's a really good one. Certainly. Well, and it's filling um, a need that otherwise – well, it's providing an answer to a problem that people would not have otherwise – they would have just had to deal with. 
Right. You know? Right. Like the original, you know, problems that we've had in this world, um, you know, innovation has kind of helped lead to, you know, some healthier choices. Um, so influence and status is the second one that he talks about. Mm-hmm. This is the ability of one player uh, to modify the behavior of like another's actions through social status. Um, so I think the real life application for this is super easy, which is credit cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Alex. Yes. Alex. Yes. What's in your wallet, motherfucker? Um, I was really worried. I thought I, I got dropped from the call real quick. I was like, oh. No. What I was it? like, hey, no, hey, tell me right now because I'm going to put you in your social status place. Okay. Um, no. Uh, okay. I have my driver's license. We're, we're, we're doing this, motherfucker. I have okay. a okay. Uh, library card for Carroll County. Uh, what else? I have a Martin's card because who doesn't love bonus cards? Um, I have a card. Well, debit card. I have my. Uh, From what bank? M&T. Do you want my routing number okay. two, motherfucker? Sure. Okay, I'll it is sixty nine four twenty. Um, and then I have nice, what else? Nice, nice, I have nice, some nice, business nice. cards. I have a bunch of receipts. I have some dental card. Dental card. I have more receipts. And yeah, that's in my wallet. What's in your wallet, motherfucker? Okay, so in my wallet, you've got your driver's license. Um, I have an out of date CPR certification card. Okay. Um, because I haven't needed it and I haven't taken a class in a while. Mm-hmm. Um. I have a Visa card from AAA. Uh, I have my debit card from the Columbia Bank, uh, routing number 42069, LOL. Uh, LOL is actually in the routing number. Oh, that's uh, weird. I have Would a, this be a 101? Um, what? Would, would that just be a 101? Yes, it's 101, but okay. it looks like LOL. Okay. Um, and uh, I have two $1 bills. Uh, that is all for my cash. That's weird because I have one uh, and $2 I have bill. A, I have uh, two other cards in my wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> these are both very interesting. One of them is a DC Metro card, hmm. like one of the smart the smart passes. Yeah, uh, and the other one is a Dave and Buster's card with one Optimus Prime on it. So, so I think I'm doing pretty well for myself. So then, um, what does that say about your social standing, Colin? Uh, it says that I've got a lot of tickets on that motherfucker right there. So, um, anyway. Sounds like it. <laughs> speaking of Dave and Busters, they have games. And the way that this game, uh, dynamic works in games that we see today are games such as Modern Warfare. Um, they do things like this with, uh, yeah. levels. Um, it's especially prevalent, like, in, like, online communities. So, like, you see other people's, like, badges or, like, statuses and you go, like, I gotta be a higher level. Yeah. You know, I got, I gotta get that badge. Um, and in real world and, like, kind of how we're using it for good, mm-hmm. um, schools kind of actually already use this format. I don't think it's a perfect thing, but, like, there's still, like, some schools are still trying to, like, experiment with this, but, you know, grades are kind of your levels and then things like valid Victorian, valedictorian sorry um that's that's a status um though if you're from howard county maryland like us yeah. uh they don't have those anymore um yeah. because you know we don't want to make anyone feel stupid now do we no not um, at all don't worry i felt stupid anyway so it doesn't i matter. feel stupid all the time um so let's try and power through these last two real quick um so the last two examples is uh uh, the, the progression dynamic, um, this is where you have to make progress, like, uh, by moving through different steps in a very granular fashion, mm-hmm. um, by completing itemized tasks. 
Um, so although, you know, quick side note, this is one of like the things that I think most link scavenger and the way their scavengers hunts work. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because it you know, gets people involved in local businesses and scenes, but like they have to kind of keep going back and doing certain tasks and then they eventually like progress to something. They actually like on that app and game or whatever, there's progression bars and stuff. Nice. Um, I'm going to skip the, the, the stuff that he mentions for those just to kind of keep it moving. Yeah. Um, the fourth and final one he mentions is communal discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a dynamic where an entire community is rallied to work together to solve a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do think that this podcast is kind of looking to be something like that um, over time as we get more listeners and yeah. more you know submissions and stuff. Will- but I think a really uh, – I will say like I'm, although I'm going to skip his example, yeah. uh, I'm actually going to give a personal example mm-hmm. because um, I think it actually encompasses all three of the different versions of things that like he gives examples for. Mm-hmm. Um and this is kind of like a more personal one. So at yeah. the time of recording this, Rooster Teeth just finished its 2017 extra live stream, mm-hmm. um, where they raised $1.2 million. Really? For a children's hospital. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's still some stuff that's kind of happening afterwards. So like the, the final number will probably be closer to like one and a half. Yeah. Um, cause like there's other numbers that like happen after the fact of like, you know, people can still donate for up to a week. And sometimes like people can buy like the charity, uh, um, specials you know what i mean like the, the the merch specials where all the proceeds go to you mm-hmm. know um but i do think that that fits all three categories because extra life is about gaming um that is a communal thing you know people come together to help make this work and that's doing something for good you know yeah. so um so the thing that i'm going to leave us on for my person um is that scavenger and level up kind of create tools for uh or sorry provide tools rather for creating apps for companies everywhere uh, and they seem to be truly combining those game and social layers that we've talked about. Um, now, whereas like the initial shock of scavenger name, uh, kind of got me on the topic. Yeah. I do think that his TED talk, his presentation, uh, and those companies ideas kind of really kind of kept me like going forward and like motivated to keep, you know, writing. Um, I feel like I could actually talk about this like so much more, but, uh, I do know that my time is up. Uh, so, you know, I think that we've touched on like the biggest points that Seth and his work has to offer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think I'm ready to, uh, hand the floor over to you, Alex. All right. So I think we actually have some ad reads, some hi moms. I don't know. I don't wait. Hang on. What is this music? That's, oh what? my God. What's oh, happening? No. Oh God. It's terrible. Hey, we're in the Hi Moms. Alex, uh, you got any suggestions for new podcasts, my friend? Yes, I do, Mr. Parker. Our first Hi Mom today is from the podcast Headline Heroes. Headline Heroes is a podcast by Drew Mick, Nathan Haynes, and Tanner Ackerman. What we do is take out there sometimes... I'm pretty sure that's Tanner. Tanner, what'd I say? You said Tanner, but... Tanner. <laughs> Okay, sorry, Tanner. Um, so sorry, go ahead. What we do is take out there sometimes bizarre news headlines and use them as inspiration for a super superhero or supervillain. I was kind of switching the words there. Um, we started back in April and have so far remained a weekly podcast. We love coming together and discuss discussing creating. Many of our creations are bizarre. For instance, issue nineteen, where we ended up with a donkey legion army in Roman armor. I'm not really sure what happened there, but occasionally we created something that might be considered a great concept for hero or villain occasionally 
Ultimately, our goal has been to create our own comic universe like Marvel or DC, except maybe more bizarre. Um, and their email, Drew, actually says, I think my blurb got away from me, but Drew, great job. What about you, Colin? You got anything for us this week? Oh, buddy, I sure do. Um, now, Alex, I have a question for you. Do you believe in ghosts? Well, I can tell you that I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Oh, that's good. Uh, so Zach Baggins does. Uh, sorry, not like he not afraid like he believes in them uh-huh. um, or rather he does now because after one paranormal experience changed his life he decided to show the world how to see them like through his eyes one haunted location at a time uh, and he brought his two idiot friends that's their words not mine uh, and they're going to hoot and holler about every goddamn thing sounds like me because this is a ghost show for the common man and that sounds like it's right up my alley I have hit the subscribe button I'm working through like a million different podcasts that are um have been suggested to me but it's on my list nice. uh so ghost adventures began in the mid 2000s um a wild time when like basically nobody knew fashion and everyone was dumb uh it's now in its 15th season wow oh, are you serious that, is i mean his note says no fucking joke that is like no i actually joke. did not know uh the ghost adventures crew still travels to haunted locations where they lose their shit all night um, so the show that we're talking about though, um, like the podcast is insanely haunted. Um, so on insanely haunted, we watch every ep- episode of it and, you know, you know, so they want, nope. Let me try this again. Yep. Come with us on this journey, won't you? Uh, I do think that maybe you're chomping our flavor a little bit with the journey line, guys. I think so. Maybe um, you could back the fuck but- off with your 15th season. But I'm sorry. Uh, well, no, 15th season is for ghost adventures. Oh. Um, uh, but their show, insanely haunted, uh, you know, is 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 still working through that backlog. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you're looking for a nightmare before Christmas, now is a good time. Would it and be, you guys can have that tagline. Would it rather be a nightmare during candle night? No, that doesn't ring as well. Doesn't have a good ring to it. That doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't. No. That does not ring as well, Alex. And that's not a movie. That's not a thing. Well, we can make it a thing, sir. Okay. Right, well, so these actually these actually sound really good. And wait, wait, wait. What does that sound, Colin? Help me here. Oh my oh god, god, I ran out of time to talk. I'm the ghost of the So, welcome back to Journey Under 30. My name is Alex Taylor, and I am going to talk about Adam D'Angelo. So, and I'm okay. going to give a short... And I'm Colin Parker, and I'm going to listen. All right, you listen, sir. So, I'm just going to give a short biography going into his major product, Quora. So, you might have heard of Quora as kind of like the... Uh, more intelligent brother of Yahoo Questions, and you'd probably be right. Um, so in 2000, Mr. D'Angelo attended the Phillips Exeter Academy for high school, along with Mr. Mark Zuckerberg. And during his time there, Adam and Mark instantly clicked and became fr- and became friends. They were both late arrivals, getting their 11th grade. Um, they both developed a music suggestion software that you might have heard of called the Synapse Media Player. What it would do is that it would suggest music based on your taste. And this was later acquired by Microsoft. Pretty good for being in high school. Um, in 2002, he received a silver award, silver medal in the International Olympiad in Informatics, in two, uh, and he was also a runner-up in the Smartest People in Tech by Fortune magazine. This was also just after high school. Um, in 2002 to 2006, he went on to complete his bachelor's in computer science from the California Institute of Tech. Um, he later joined Facebook's initial team that would become 
Facebook and became the VP of engineering. Um, he retired from his Jeez. position as CTO in 2008 and went on to form Quora in 2009. So as I said, it's a question and answer website where users can ask questions, answer them, and so on. And it was also co-founded by Mr. Charlie Sheever, and it was later made available to the public in 2010. So in 2000, 2009, after resigning from Facebook, um, Mr. D'Angelo felt that he was in a good position to start a new company. It was initially actually called the Alma Network, named after the street where um, co-founder Charlie lived. Okay. In the mid-2001, in order to make more money, they redesigned their mm-hmm. website. They re- released an app for Android and iPhone. Um, they also added video and blogging functionality to the website. Uh, in 2013, they included a blogging platform and full text, full text search for questions. And the company has reached a point where it is home to more than 16 million answers, 400,000 topics, and 1.5 million unique monthly visitors. And granted, this was in 2014 when I got this information. So it's probably like above and beyond that by now. Um, at this point, they're a company of over 130 employees. They've grown into a huge community of 800 million monthly unique visitors um, from all over the United States, also from India. So question for you is, well, I guess question for me is what makes Quora different from Yahoo Answers? You know, it still has the question answer format. What makes it different, though, is the people that are on this website. First of all, <laughs> not just idiots. Sorry. Um, so first, you need to use your real name. So, and you need to use a login using Facebook or Google account. So there's already public accountability there. You know, if you say something dumb, people are going to know who you are. Um, and everything that you do shows up on your feed. You can also upvote or downvote things along the lines of like Reddit. I think that's all, I guess going back to your game layer, like it provides that kind of like, Hey, people liked this. I should do this more often. That's kind of like the, I guess what the, the status almost, I guess. Yeah. Well, and okay. in, in in an interview with um Adam, he he was asked, "So, what will keep this from turning to Yahoo Answers?" And he he said, "So on Quora, you're not answering questions because you want to get points or because you have nothing else to do. You're answering because you want to build your reputation, or you generally intrinsically enjoy helping people." So I mentioned like a lot of the people that are on this website are have been uh-huh. major voices in our in our society, such as Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, um Stephen Fry, and it's. When you have, when you expand the audio, or I guess when you restrict the audio, well, I don't want to say it, it's like both expanding and restricting, like you're giving more of a platform for these, I don't want to say larger voices because everybody has a voice, but. Right. You know, you get. A but di- maybe, maybe it's like people who you kind of have like a tried and true voice. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That makes sense to me. Good. So going towards the business model. So it's. It really is. So even though it's just another Q and A site, I guess one of the biggest things is that it's, it's, it's contributors. So let's see. Well, so one thing that I've noticed is that, or that I had found is that their goal was to provide a kind of centralized source for knowledge, but still using this mm-hmm. question and answer format. Cause like you have like your knowledge base like you have your wikipedia you have your encyclopedias you have all this other things but you don't have like well and you have your user generated things like yahoo and then google's artwork but you don't have a similar culmination of people answering like but well, people asking questions but more intelligent questions looking for answers to today's society so their goal is to capture as much subjective knowledge and there is i mean no other place we can find this kind of accumulated subjective knowledge 
So when asked how Quora will monetize, so I'm just going to take a quick look at their website. I don't remember there being any ads and they don't have a subscription. So it's not like they're getting a lot of money through that. A lot of their money has been through grants and donors. And actually the founder, Adam D'Angelo, like he contributed like at least like two million i think of his own money to keep it running so like the goal initially hasn't been just to make payroll it's been just to make something that works Uh, give that to me i i don't think i fully got that so with regards to how quora is like monetizing or breaking breaking even like their their focus has been more to just like build up a stock of funds that and instead of focusing on okay well we need to break even we need to make this we need to make that their goal is to just make a good product and they can okay, work, okay. work. Now, i'm okay i'm i'm now i'm with you okay sorry yeah bad. well and like dude part of so they've raised money for things like benchmark and angel investors and things like that um mm-hmm. some of their other strategies have been um just in by being a platform they're also it's spreading it, well it's kind of self advertising as well because with you had these big names on your website and then people will use that as a source for like well what did Barack Obama say what did Mark Zuckerberg say actually uh side note Mark Zuckerberg actually asked a question um what startups would be good talent acquisitions for Facebook soon after Facebook acquired next stop one of the companies suggested him a course so next stop next stop is a social recommendations engine social search fuck i didn't okay they're a social travel recommendation site um they are their focus is making recommendation social social um they use social okay so i so i've seen that so i uh, so like that's something that i have seen on facebook i just didn't know that that was where that came from okay so like the recommendations like when people are like, "Hey, I'm going to be in Baltimore next week. Where's a great place to get sushi in Baltimore?" Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. In which case, I would tell you honestly, just go to Columbia, Maryland, and go to Sushi Sono because, like, that to me, I think is the best in all of Maryland. Well, if you're up here and in Carroll County, in multiple states. I think it's Katana. That's pretty good. They have some. They're pretty good. Like actually, legit ramen. So yeah. Anyway, um, back into my loosely organized outline. Um. Can I, can I get a Quora? Can Can you give me an example of a Quora? Sure, I can give you an example of a Quora. Let me find find me one that Barack Obama commented on because I like that dude. Barack Obama Quora. Let's let's take a look here. Let's see. So he is. So his profile is Barack Obama dash forty four, President of the United nice. States. Dad, husband, forty fourth president. Um, I'm waiting for. Cool. Still my president. Go still ahead. mine too. Okay, so. Um, first question that he's asked, why has the ACA enrollment accelerated so much over the past few months? What changes have been made and what are the, and are they making enrollment faster and easier? So that was a question. Um, Barack had answered, uh-huh. first of all, you still need to sign up for health insurance. You should go to, um, H-I-M-A-C-A right now and sign up for coverage. Oh, okay. You'll get seven okay. days. Um, let's see. Another question asked was, what is it like to play with, to play basketball with President Barack Obama? Uh, Mr. Obama said, my hair is getting gray, but I like to think I've still got a decent jump shot. And whenever I play pickup games with my staff, friends, and family, <laughs> um, I make sure they know not to go easy on me. A couple years ago, I got elbowed in the lip pretty hard and needed 12 stitches. So even the president isn't immune to injuries. Um, again, the deadline to... Oh, and then he... Oh, so... And he pretty cleverly tied this in to health insurance. Um, in all seriousness, nearly... 
2 million Americans went to the emergency room last year. So this is like going off of the uh, busted lip thing. Oh, yeah. um, the recent studies showed that broken arm could cost the average person nearly $7,007 if they're uninsured. <sighs> Sprained ankle could cost you fuck $2,290 without insurance. So it's a big deal if you take a hard hit. And it goes into the healthcare.gov. And yeah. And then going up. So his most recent one was... Um, let's see. Uh, Why does 45 <laughs> suck? And he was like, LOL, because it's not me. Yeah, basically. So he hasn't answered any questions, but the last one that he answered was, what are the difference between NAFTA and TPP? And so this was regarding trade agreements. So he talks about his time in right. Illinois, showing how small, small town communities have devastated as manufacturers moved overseas. Um, T- issues, mm. So TPT differs um, from NAFTA in that NAFTA failed to require minimum wage. Um, TPP includes every single one of work standards, including minimum wage, um, ban workplace discrimination, protect right to form a union. NAFTA failed to combat illegal wildlife trafficking. TP- TPP includes that as well as protecting against overfishing, combating illegal logging, all that other things. So it's you get answers from a lot of the big names in today's society, not just Barack Obama. You have Hillary Clinton, for instance. Do you want another chorus, sir? Uh, no, I think that's probably enough. Oh. Unless you have a funny one. Um, oh, so have you ever witnessed an objection to a wedding? Oh, boy, that oh. happened to me. My then-girlfriend and I had been dating for about five years, and we finally decided to marry. Everything was going as expected. Law officer during the ceremony was reading the document. We signed an order to pronounce husband and wife. It went something like this. Um, Mr. Blah, blah, blah of profession systems engineer pointed this place and Miss blah, blah, blah of profession this from this plus some legal stuff. Then the lady asked the infamous question. Does anybody, anybody have any objections? And everyone surprised? Yes, I have one was instantly heard in that instant. And everyone, everyone just froze. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to cut the air of the room with a knife. Everyone shocked, silently looking for the source of the words. Then they found it. It was the ejection came from the bride herself. He is not a systems engineer. He's a, a, his specialty is computer engineer, so the objection came from the bride. So first, a general sense of relief, then everyone just burst out laughing. Then they've been married for more That's than 15 funny. years, and his wife is a lawyer. So, yeah. That's funny. I was I got very nervous. I was afraid <laughs> that this was actually going to be like a someone was like, Jennifer, I've been in love with you ever since high school. I'm Why so am I Bruce Springsteen? But like, yeah, Bruce Springsteen apparently like crashed a wedding. I mean, not literally. I'm saying like in my scenario that I just posed. Well, and then he rode away, took her on a bike, and took him, aw- took her away from all this industrial world. We gotta get away from places where the coal mines are shutting down. Bruce, write a song about this. I've already done about twenty albums. Here we go. Is it about this moment when you it is crashed Rosalita? Okay, all right, all right. Let's 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 bring it back and let's go to the lessons that we learned. So, Alex, what did we learn this week? You know, I, I would like to hear your thoughts here. I'm going to this is this is your pop quiz. Shit, it's me. Is this your college choice? professor? Uh, no, um, it's it's open answered. Okay, it's open answers, but uh, you know, give me give me the lessons that you think we learned this week. Does this need and to be a BCR format? Apply. No, just give me some the answers, lesson please. that I think I should have learned. So, uh. So I've noticed that a common theme with a lot of people that we have talked about, so like say with Mini Ahuja or say with Groove 
um, Groove Shark or with Natalie Lentbrust, I'm kind of going off of my examples here, mm-hmm. is that a lot of the people that have got onto the Forbes 30 list have acted as some kind of central source, filling in the gap or acting as a force of connection, you know, pri- providing the answer that people didn't know that they needed. Like with Miss Ahuja acting as a central source for investment banking, um, Groove Shark acting as a central source for quote unquote legal music, or Miss Natalie Lentbrus creating connections between media figures and the public, also connecting bright minds of this generation to create more opportunities. So, um, my question, I guess, turning the pop quiz back around to you, is how can we use this theme of connecting, of acting as a central source and providing an answer that people didn't think they needed in our own network? So I think there's kind of a, a couple different answers for that. Um, the first being that we talked about this in the first time that we mentioned elevator pitches. Mm-hmm. Um Websites such as YouTube, um, while they can have some good tools for creators, the, 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 the site itself has a lot of noise on it. And so it can be very hard to find something new there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times when you look up something, uh, a lot of the most suggested things are things that have hundreds upon thousands upon millions of views as opposed to, you know, the kid who just started his channel has three followers, two of which are his parents, you know what I mean? And like yeah. maybe has 12 views on a video. Um, so, right. you know, creating, creating a platform and a place in which it would be easier to find people, mm-hmm. um, and like have a place where, you know, someone could search, um, you know, like I want to find the, you know, a new, you know, heavy metal band. Um, I live in Illinois and, uh, I'm 27. Yeah, sure. And then like, you know, then they would say like, Hey, this band is in, you know, a city, two cities away in Illinois. And like, they have a gig coming up pretty soon. And you know, here's the music that they, that they make and you can go listen to it, you know? Yeah. Or if you're, you know, on the flip side, because maybe these people like, yeah, Pat have their, uh, commission information out there. Someone looks at our videos and says, man, I really dig that art style for those icons. I would really like to, to have someone make one for me, you know, whether it's for Twitter or for any other kind of social media or mm-hmm. something for like their videos or something, their website, you know, hitting up Yeah Pat and saying, Hey, uh, I found you through the scavenger network and you know, I'd like to, you know, talk about, you know, what your commission rates and stuff like that are. Yeah. Um, so basically having this rabbit hole that people can kind of, fall down through but like in a more logical sense um and find the next big thing that maybe they didn't even know that they were really looking for until they found it yeah um another answer that we can give is uh there are a lot of people who are out there i mean and we're also kind of technically in this same boat here but we are making steps because we kind of have some answers here Mm -hmm. um but there are people who still haven't been discovered yet and they're saying like, how can I get my stuff out there? How can I be noticed? How can I be heard? Um, and, you know, considering one of our main focuses is bringing more attention to these people. So this is still kind of tying into my previous answer, but mm-hmm. providing tools and resources to, uh, maybe form partnerships, mm-hmm. um, to then kind of, you know, give people a bigger platform. Or to then have still some form of like information that we can give to other people, maybe that we don't have the ability to partner with. Maybe we don't have the roster space or like the money or whatever, but say, 
hey, we can still give you some tools and some answers and some some guidelines on like how we do our thing yeah. so that maybe you can also go off and do this thing. Um, although, you know, although Maximum Fun doesn't give you every answer as to like what it is that they do exactly, you know, their, you know, um, FAQ um, section has a lot of answers though to like how they structure their, you know, podcasting network. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are one of the prototypes that we have for our company. Certainly. Um, they're not the only one, but like, you know, major we're, we, they are, they are, yeah, exactly. They are a major one. Um, so for us, I think what we can do is, is we can do something, uh, to kind of tie it back into something that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, is we can create an actual network. So. Uh, you know, we're called the Scavengers Network and we were called that for a reason because we didn't want it to be just us. Mm-hmm. We didn't want it to be just, you know, us, you know, f- five people who originally started it. Um, we wanted to be able to expand outwards, even if we are bringing in more friends and more voices that are different from ours. We're all still from the same general area. So we have a certain similarity in the way that we feel and do, uh, do things. Mm-hmm. Um, but by kind of creating a network where people can kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, like work from home, uh, people can contribute and have their voices heard from across the country or even across the sea, you know, if they so choose to join us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what we're trying to do now is, is create a, uh, a podcast network, um, or a branch rather a podcast branch for our network, um, and, you know, create an awareness for each other. Um, which is basically the first step to any marketing plan. You know, you have to create an awareness. Yeah. Um, and I think to, the last thing I'll, I'll say about that is that to kind of tie it into like, you know, your original answer, mm-hmm. um, something that all four of your people have done. Um, and really that my people have done as well, but like, I'm, again, I'm still tying it in for, for you. Um, is these people started with, Something that, um, maybe didn't have all of the resources or, or, or things out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then they said, how can I make other people aware of this? Um, and so they found that answer and they gave that answer, um, before they gave anything else. Yeah. Um, and that's an important way to then make connections with people. Um, and that is technically the second thing that you have to do for any marketing plan is make those connections with your followers. Um, and so, you know, for me, uh, all of my people have done this as well, but like specifically to today, mm-hmm. um, Seth Prebatch, um, really does those things very well, like using his app that makes you go out into the world and do things. Yeah. Um, that is both creating an awareness and making a connection because you go there, you do these things, but you have to do them multiple times. So you start to go to your local coffee shop and you have to buy a certain cup of coffee like, you know, five times a week and then maybe you get a free one. So, you know, you keep going back and like you have to go before noon or something, you yeah. know, some, something like that. Like you create a pattern, you create an awareness. And by that point, even if they were to ever stop the game, they may now go, well, you know, I really like that coffee place. Like I went there for 10 weeks straight because of that game. Yeah. And now like I can't imagine going anywhere, anywhere else. So it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we, if people continue to go to us for their entertainment needs, I mean, not that they can't go to other places, but if they continue to come here and say, I'm looking for the next new podcast, I'm looking for the next piece of information on how I can market myself, whatever, right? Yeah. They keep coming back here and then eventually it's like, well, why would I go anywhere else when I know that they already have this stuff here for me? 
All right, so I think we learned a lot this week, so that's mm-hmm. probably a pretty good spot to leave it at. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. So for those listening listening at home, please be, please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network. Um, we have quite a few new shows coming out soon, and we will be making an announcement at the end of this year. Uh, and you can find those videos, um, or sorry, you can find our video series on YouTube at the Scavengers Network. Um, and you can check out the website that we mentioned earlier, thescavengersnetwork.wordpress.com for the, uh, new shows that we'll be, uh, premiering. Um, the, all the new podcasts that we're going to be bringing into the fam. Yes. Uh, and you can find me personally on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. You can find me on Twitter at A. T-A-Y-L-0. Well, thanks for joining us here on Journey Under 30. As always, I am Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And I'll see you on the Forbes listings. No, I'll see you on the Forbes listings. And I'll see you in my dreams. Uh.